بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم لا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله الذي العظيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله على سيدنا ونبينا أبي القاسم المصطفى محمد وآله الطيبين الطاهرين لا سيما بقية الله في الأرضين أجل الله تعالى فرجه الشريف وجعلنا من أعوانه وأنصاره وشيعته اللهم أخرجني من ظلمات الفهم وأكرمني بنور الفهم اللهم افتح علينا أبواب رحمتك وانشر علينا خزان أولونك برحمتك يا أرحم الراحمين First I should humbly thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for giving us this tawfiq to continue our studies in Hujjat Academy and in particular to start our sixth semester and it's a great blessing from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and we should be very grateful I'm also grateful to you for showing interest uh, this is very encouraging, so in addition, inshallah, to the reward that you take for your interest in learning, inshallah, you'll get additional reward for setting up a good example. And whoever would be impressed by this example and follow this example, you would, inshallah, get reward. And I should also thank uh, all the brothers and sisters who run Hujjat Academy and do lots of work for preparation, for registration, volunteers. So may Allah inshallah bless them all. This semester, as you know, we talk about followership or true followership. And I think this is one of the most needed topics Actually, for us, this is the core of being a Shia, because Shia mean, means follower. We are Shia not just because we have certain doctrines or certain practices. We are Shia because we are determined to follow Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam in everything that he taught Muslim Ummah and in particular in what he defined as the path after himself. So we follow him in everything. In particular, we follow him in following Amir al-Mu'mineen alayhi salam. Because the Prophet asked us that we should refer to him uh, 
in my book on Shi Islam, I have brought some quotations from some uh, early uh, scholars of Milal and Nihal, those who study sects. And they say that the Shia are the people who believe in Imam of Ali because of declaration and announcement which was made by the Prophet. And this is very accurate. So we are Shia to Nabi and Shia to Ali. Therefore, in some hadith, we have uh, the Prophet using the expression Shia to our Shia. So for us to follow the Prophet and then based on his instruction, which comes of course from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to follow Imam Ali and other Imams, is very much a sense of our identity. We have to be good followers. And this shows that faith is dynamic. If faith was static, there was no need to emphasize on following. You have to be something. But because faith is dynamic, it's a matter of Every day, every moment, you have to make decisions. You have to form relations or stop relations. You have to plan. You are all the time in action. So to be follower, it's very important for this type of understanding of faith. If it was just to believe in certain things and practice certain things, you didn't need to that much focus on following. You remember we talked about the concept of knowing imam of your time in the last semester. And I explained that why it is important that we know imam of our time. And what does that involve? It's not just to know him by name or by, for example, certain biographical information. You have to know a mom of your age in the way that can save you from jahiliyyah. It means that it has lots of practical implications. I don't want to repeat that discussion. We discussed this last semester. So, because faith is dynamic, because we are all the time moving and going forward, we need to be good followers. Otherwise, we would miss lots of instruction, lots of signals. So, this is one point. Another point is that we are in the time of ghaybah. What we said so far applies to all the Shia in all ages. But the second point is about the Shia in the time of ghaybah. In this time, if we are good followers, not only we can be loyal to our faith, but we can also prepare for coming of our Imam. For the Shia of this time to be good followers is a key or maybe the most important thing for 
coming of Imam Mahdi Ajallah Ta'ala My understanding is, and I am sure you would also agree with me, that we are not waiting for Imam in the sense that Imam needs time to prepare. Imam is waiting for us because we are not prepared. If we are prepared, I don't think even it would take one day that Imam salam would come. What has kept Imam in Ghaybah is that we are not prepared to fulfill our responsibilities. He is the real Muntazir. The true Muntazir is Imam himself. We think or claim that we are waiting. If you were really, and I was really waiting, we couldn't have comfortable life. You know, when you are waiting for someone, for example, to come and, for example, you know, your child coming back from a school is one hour late. How do you feel? If he doesn't come over the night, you cannot even sleep. Our imam is not there for centuries and we have normal life. So we are not waiting really. We are enjoying our own life and just we say how good it could be if we had also Imam with us. Just as you know and something which is like a bonus. Not really something that we are waiting. Something that we feel is missing. So we are not true Muntazir. I am talking about myself. Those who are true Muntazir they cannot have uh, any happy day or night. They are all the time praying, working hard, crying. So, in this time that either we are waiting or more accurately, the Imam is waiting for us, what is very much needed is that we should prove to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala our readiness to welcome him. Our readiness to help him. Our readiness to be good aides and followers for him. Allah is not going to accept our call for coming of Imam if he doesn't see that we are sincere. The time of people welcoming Imam Hussein, for example, and not keeping their promises has gone. The time of people not appreciating Imam Ali or Imam Hassan, that time has gone. This is the time that people should demonstrate that they are ready because he is the last one remaining. 
He is Baqiyatullah. So he is not only a godly figure, but he is also the remaining, the only last hujjah of Allah remaining. And Allah is not going to send him unless he sees in us full commitment. One of uh, ulama has a good example. He says, imagine uh, you are in charge of, for example, city council. And there is a street that whenever you put lights, the people of that street break and destroy the lights. And then they call you and say, you know, we don't have light here, it's dark. Can you give us another light? So you keep changing the lights and give them new light, but they are still destroyed. And you have only one light left. What do you do? Then you don't put that light anymore, unless you are 100% sure that this one is going to be appreciated and preserved. So, we have to demonstrate to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that we are ready for that. We are going to be grateful. We are going to be appreciative. And we are going to be suiting him. You know, if you just wait for a guest, you have to show you are prepared for that guest to receive him, look after him. But if you are waiting for someone, not just as a guest, someone who has a mission, then you have to not only show that you appreciate, you have to show that you can help him. For example, if we have an ep epidemic disease and no doctor locally has been able to solve the problem. We have tried all of them. Now, we want to invite the best doctor of the world to come and help us. So, can we just wait for him and when he comes, we protect him or we have to prepare for his functioning. He needs maybe hospital, maybe he needs some nurses, maybe he needs some beds, some medicine. You cannot just wait for him to come and he comes and he says, we have nothing prepared. He cannot do surgery on this road. Or he cannot help people with those who themselves are ill and have problems. Or if you want to educate people and you are inviting the best teacher of the world, you have to also prepare by yourself making classrooms, tests, I don't know, some library, you yourself learn something so that you can help him. He cannot do everything single-handedly. So, if we are really waiting for Imam Mahdi, Sharif, we have to prepare ourselves 
in Ziyarat Jama'ah, we say, وَنُصْرَةِ لَكُمْ مُعَدَّةِ My help for you is prepared, is ready. I know what skills you need. I know what resources you need. What type of characteristics you need. We have made sure that all of them are ready. Just we need you to take us one level further. The third point. This is very important point for guidance and spirituality. Whenever you ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for something for your guidance, for your spirituality, you need to show to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that you have utilized what is available. I cannot ask Allah for more when I have not utilized what He has already given me. For example, very simple example, suppose Allah has given me enough money to feed my family today. I cannot save this money and don't feed them today and say, oh Allah, give me enough to feed them for one year. Allah says, okay, use this and feed them today. Then when I see you have no money, I will give you. When I see you have utilized it, I will give you more. لَإِنْ شَكَرْتُمْ لَأَزِيدَنَّكُمْ And shok means not only to say verbally thank you, but to utilize what ni'mah you have been given. So, whenever you want something more, appreciate what you have. This is the key. If you want something more, appreciate what you have. If you want a better house, appreciate this house that you have. <clears throat> if you complain about this house, you will not be given a better house. And if you are by chance given, that would not be a ni'mah for you. That can be a ni'mah for you. If God forbids we are not grateful and still we are given more, then this is istidraj. This is not ni'mah. So, anything that you want more or higher, appreciate what you have. When it comes to guidance, many times we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, for example, Oh Allah, please show me a very godly scholar, a very godly teacher, someone like Ayatollah Qazi Tabatabai, someone like Ayatollah Bahjat, someone like Allah Tabatabai, so that I can come to you very fast 
But most of the time, this doesn't happen. The key is this. If you can show to Allah that you have used and utilized the best available in the best possible way, then he makes more available. So this is the formula. Remember this formula. If you make use of the best available guidance, the best available teacher, the best available spiritual gift, in the best possible way, then Allah would give you more. If we live even in a village and we have a pious imam of masjid, maybe his knowledge is not that much. He's a pious just imam of a local masjid in a village. If we appreciate him, through him, we can get what Allah gives the people who live with a great teacher. Because what is important is not the means. What is important is who has this means in his hand. Any pious guide is in the hands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And through him you can get. Or for example, if there is a shrine near you and you appreciate that shrine, through that shrine, you can get what you can get from Medina, what you can get from Karbala. When people went to see Imam Sadiq alayhi salam, and they were close to Hazrat Abdul Azim, Imam alayhi salam said that visiting him is like visiting Imam Hussein. Not because he is equal to Imam Hussein, no. Because these places are all from behind connected. You see them scattered, but this is physically. Spiritually, they are all connected. And they are all different rooms of the house of the Prophet. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. In the lectures on light, uh, when I explained the ayah fi buyutin adhinallah and turfa'a bayudhkara fi hasmuh, I have explained this in details that the light of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in this world is distributed through houses. After Allah then Allah gives us the address. These buyut, these houses are buyutul anbiya. These are the houses of the prophets. And in Islam, we have only one house. That's the house of the Prophet. And Ahlul Bayt are Ahlul Bayt and Nabi. 
These are household of the house of the Prophet. So, whoever is counted as Ahlul Bayt, entrance to his house is entrance to the house of the Prophet. When you go to Mashhad and you seek permission, you say, Allahumma inni waqaftu ala babin min abwaab buyut nabiyyak. You are in Mashhad. But you say, I am standing next to one of the gates of the house of your prophet. And you have prohibited people to enter the house of the prophet without seeking permission. So, these houses look different, look scattered for us. But they are all connected. Indeed, first, you see, for example, Imam Raza, but all Ahlul Bayt are there. The Prophet is there. And even from behind, Ibrahim and Musa and Isa and Nuh are all there. Because all these houses are connected also. So first, all the houses in Islam are connected to the Prophet, and then all the Prophets are connected to each other, to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So there is no separation. It's important that me and you appreciate what is available to us. In this age of ghaybah, we need to show our appreciation to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In every blessing that he has given us, especially in the teachings that we have received, I don't know, <clears throat> have you ever really thought how much Allah has blessed us by receiving so many teachings of Prophet and Imams through our ulama. If we didn't have these, what would be our situation today? Are we all together able to thank Allah just for Sahifiya Sajjadiyya? If all our life, all of us thank Allah for Sahifiya Sajjadiyya, we cannot thank Him. If you all thank Him for Nahjul Balaghat, we cannot thank Him. If we want to thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for thousands of hadith from Imam Baqir, from Imam Sadiq, we cannot thank Him. And we cannot thank our ulama who worked very, very hard to preserve all these for us. As you remember, we said before, even today we can go back generation by generation and trace back all these hadiths up to the time of Ma'soom. The first narrator, the second narrator, the third narrator, is he known, is he not known, is he reliable or not? We have to show appreciation. 
if me and you show appreciation to what we have received from Prophet and Imam Sadiq and Imam Zainul Abidin and Amirul Mu'mineen in these books, then we can ask Allah, can I be there to listen to Imam Mahdi? But if I don't appreciate what is available, then why you want to hear Imam Mahdi? You are not grateful for what you have been given. If I am showing gratitude to our ulama, who are students of our imams, then I can say, now I want to meet their teacher. If I show my gratitude to our marajah, then I can say, okay, now I want to go one level further. But when I am not even showing appreciation to our marja or maraj, what's the point of asking for more? Do you want just to add to your responsibility, to your burden? You have been given something great and you don't appreciate, then you want something more? So, remember that formula, that equation. If we make the best use of what is available, then Allah will give more, make more available. This is very important for anyone who is waiting for Imam Mahdi. I believe, and I think this is understandable from the Quran when Allah says Alladina jahadu fina subulana. those who struggled in our way we will certainly show them guide them our ways so if we really benefit from what is available in the books in the teachings of ulama through maraja and we reach the point that we need more Imam himself guides you. If you are a good head teacher, if you are a good head of a hose, for example, and you see there is a student that has benefited from the teachers, from the books, worked hard, and none of the teachers locally is able to help him anymore. He has lots of interest, talents, but no teacher locally is able to help him. What do you do? If you yourself can teach him, you would do it. Otherwise, you are restless till you connect him to someone who is better. It is impossible that a Shia in any part of the world, east or west, has utilized whatever was available and then he is left abandoned. It's impossible. No good teacher, no good trainer would do this. Our Imam is hardy. His main function is guidance. It's impossible 
he doesn't help people with guidance. We ask him for bread, we ask him for, I don't know, money, for a house, he still helps. How can he fail to help someone who asks for guidance while his main job is guidance? You know, for example, I ask an alim, please help me, I look for a house, please help me, you know, uh, for a job, please help me with, you know, getting a loan. He is kind and he helps me. If he has any advice, he has any contact, he helps me. But his main job is not these things. <laughs> his main job is to teach. Imam Mahdi's main job is not to help us with our worldly needs. Of course, he does this, but it's not his main job. His main job is what? To help you with your spirituality. To help you with your connection to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is his obligation. This is his function. This is his task. The only condition is, you should be really asking for it. In a spirituality, we cannot give it by force. Because this is not something that <laughs> accepts force. I cannot show someone how to be a loving person by forcing him. Knowledge in the beginning, like for example, how to read, I don't know, a text, how to learn, for example, basic mathematics or physics, maybe by force, by beating can happen. But never by force you can make a scientist. You can never by force make a mujtahid. Because after a certain level, it's only a matter of love and passion and interest. Maybe we can force someone to say prayer. But we cannot force him to be khasher in his prayer. This is what the person has to work for it and try to achieve. So, if we want to be given the honor and blessing of being in direct communication with Imam Ajjalallah Ta'ala Faridu Sharif, not in the sense that you necessarily meet him, no, in the sense that you receive guidance from him. Meeting him is not the main thing. The main thing is to receive guidance. The main thing is that he accepts you and looks after your spirituality. The key is to show appreciation to what is available. The best which is available. Use it and then inshallah you will be given more. So, for us, this issue of followership is very, very important for different reasons that we have mentioned. If we can show that we are good followers for the leaders that we have, for the teachings that we have received, then inshallah Allah would honor us to be follower of Imam Mahdi Ajalallah Ta'ala Farajahu Sharif also in the time of Zuhur.
in the time of his public functioning. He is not absent, he's present, but he is not publicly functioning right now. And time of Zuhur is when he is publicly functioning. I would like to mention some hadith and then inshallah we would have uh, question answer. These hadith that I have selected for you are about the way Ahlul Bayt have expressed their expectations from Shia. For example, Imam Sadiq says, Shi'atuna Ahlul Wara'i Wal Ijtihad. Our Shia are those who have Wara'i. Wara' is a high level of taqwa. Wara' means you don't take any risk with wajib and haram. Not only you do wajibat, not only you avoid haram, but even if something is problematic, you try to be precocious, to be doing ihtiyat. So if something is shubhe, if something is problematic, to be haram, you avoid it. Or if it is something that might be wajib, but you are not sure, you try to do it. Maybe some ulama said it is wajib. Some ulama said it is mustahab. You try to do it. Because you don't want to take any risk. This is the meaning of wara. Awra'un nas man waqafa inda shubuhat. Okay? So Imam Sadiq says, Shi'atuna ahlul wara'i wal ijtihad. Ijtihad means hard work. Mujtahid literally means the one who does his best. So Shia are not lazy people. Shia are hard working people. Wa ahlul wafa'i wal aman. They are people of loyalty. They are people of trustworthiness. They are those who have no interest in materialistic life. They keep minimum engagement with dunya. They do more with ibadah. Because either you have to spend your time and energy on gaining from dunya, or you keep dunya as much as needed, spend the rest in doing ibadah and charity and good work. Ashabu ihda wa khamsina raka'atan fil yawmi wal-layla. Our Shia are those who do 71 raka'ah in 24 hours. means... 17 wajibah, 34 nawafid. How many Shia are there in London? Al-Qa'imuna Bil-Layl. They do tahajjud. 
They fast during the day. Of course, not maybe every day, but at least some of the days they should fast. They purify their money. They give their wajibat, financial, you know, like homes, zakat, this and maybe even mustahabbat. They do hajj of the house of Allah. And they avoid anything which is prohibited. Another hadith is from Imam Badr alayhi salam. مَا شِيْعَتُنَا إِلَّا مَنِ اتَّقَ اللَّهَ وَأَطَاعَهُ It's not our Shia except those who have piety and obey God. Those who fear God and obey God. وَمَا كَانُوا يُعْرَفُونَ Our Shia were not known إِلَّا Imam Bagr says, our Shia in the past were known. In the time of Prophet Imam Ali, Imam Hassan, Imam Hussein, the Shia were always known through these characteristics. Humbleness, tawadu, takhashu'ah. Takhashu is internal humility. Khushu, when we are talking about akhlaq, we said tawazu is more seen externally and khushu is more experienced internally. So tawazu with people and khushu with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala delivery of the trust and frequent abundant remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala one more hadith this is from Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Inna shi'atana man shayyana. Our shia are truly those who follow us. As I said at the beginning, we are shia of the prophet and imams. But to be shia means to follow them. قُلْ إِنْ كُنْتُمْ تُحِبُّونَ اللَّهِ فَاتَّبِعُونِ يُحْبِبْكُمُ اللَّهِ If you love Allah, follow me, then I will love you. We have to follow the Prophet. So our Shia are those who follow us. وَاتَّبَعَ آثَارَنَا They follow our 
teachings or our footprints, our signs, if in personal life, family life, social life, business, in anything, if they have showed us a particular way of dealing with people, we should follow that. And they have taken example from our actions. Our actions has become, have become for them their role models and examples. So, as you see, the first and the most important characteristic of the Shia, of a good follower, is taqwa. <coughs> Obedience. To make sure that we perform our wajibat. To make sure that we don't do any haram. To take no risk with our faith. And then to follow the example of the Prophet and Ahlul Bayt in our character. Inshallah, from next session, <clears throat> we will talk about some characteristics that are very important for a true follower. There are about 22 follow, uh, characteristics that I have selected. And inshallah, we will discuss them. I don't know how much time we will get, but inshallah, we will see. But because this is something that needs also your input, so we would spend good uh, amount of time every session also on discussion. So inshallah, after break, then uh, uh, we would have discussion. And I will tell you at the beginning of discussion what would be the topic that inshallah you should discuss. We pray to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make us grateful for every blessing that we have received and for every blessing that he has given to any person. We don't thank him only for those things that have come to us. We thank him for every blessing that he has given to any person. And in particular, we thank him for the gift of guidance that we have received. And we request him to make us grateful for having Imam of our time with us and being connected to him through the sacred institution of Marja'iyya and a scholarship. And we hope that inshallah, day by day, as community and as individuals, we move forward in this bright path, inshallah. Alhamdulillah, Rabbil Alameen.